You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today, we're discussing Justin Simeon's new movie, Bad Hair, now streaming on Hulu. And we talk about racist stereotypes and archetypes related to black media and culture. Plus, to celebrate our 20th episode, we take a look back at where we've been and where we're going. Trick or treat. Ooh. Okay, so I know it's colder now, but did you really have to wear that jacket? Loud ass jacket. What? What's wrong with this? Like, like a, this, like a nineteen ninety seven uh, Puff Daddy jacket, like a Fubu. I got it from Ross on the clearance rack jacket. Like Justin Timberlake <laughs> just left in uh, sync and he still got the curly frosted tips jacket. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's it's Patagonia. Oh, Patagonia. That's see, that's some white people shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ain't we ain't Patagonia nothing in, in my hood. Hey, look, in my hood of of the same house as you. <laughs> yeah, well, where do you live? <laughs> what hoodlum do you live? Actually, you know, this neighborhood has really gone downhill over the last it three really days. It really has. Hasn't it turned? It's see, I was joking and just saying like my hood, but it's been popping off here lately. Yeah, what happened? Like, can you give us the play-by-play? Because I missed half of this. I'll, or I could do the first half, or you could do the second half. Well, the first the first situation, I think we were both home. We were all home. Yeah. It was me, you, and Cade. Yeah. And we were watching TV. You know how we watch movies late at night or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we, I think we all could have sworn we heard, like, four or five gunshots pop off. Yeah. And this was right after I had taken Bowie out to go in the front yard, and I hear some strange yelling. Oh, yeah, you came in the house the and was like, oh, I heard, like, some homeless person. I don't know if it was a homeless Well, I was person. assuming, but it sounded like someone going, oh, oh. Like, it could have been, like, a zombies thing. I don't even know. But it was distant, <laughs> you know. It's right on time blocks. if it is a zombie. Like, I'm waiting for 2020 to give us that. But, you know, like, our street, like, our street is basically at the end of a block. So, like, it... it it's at a crossroads between a street that goes up into the hills and, and you know, another block comes in. So, like, people could be walking up the street and walk straight up to our house, you know? Like, it, say there was a zombie thing and they're walking in the street. Yeah, you we, know? we're like a straight shot. Like Yeah, they come right for us. And so we he comes in with his paranoid ass talking about he heard somebody yelling something. And I, I feel like, like I was pretty cool about yeah, it. I wasn't yeah. that weird. I was just like, hey, just heads up. I heard right, that. right. And then it wasn't not much later that we heard, like, gunshots go off. Yeah. And normally when I hear fireworks or something, I'm always the one that's, like, you know, dog perked up ears. Like, what was yeah, that? Yeah, because, you know, his, his ass in Bilton, wherever he from, he never heard an actual gunshot or something. I don't know. It's but, country out there, but I just never hung out with the country kids. <laughs> they only got muskets or something. Uh-huh. But, yeah, so there's a difference between fireworks and gunshots. But this time around, it really did sound like gunshots. Because like, I was like, what firework pops off like that? Like, you know, pop, 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 pop. Like it doesn't fireworks don't do that unless you got like some firecrackers or something. Yeah. So but, you you even said yeah, that, I was that like, sounds like I was like that was that was some gunshots, y'all. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what's going on because you know this this is the year of, of white folks losing their shit. So I don't uh, I don't know <laughs> really maybe is. maybe this neighborhood is having some crazy gun violence going on here. Well, okay, and then and then I what really set us off was I heard what I thought was the the sound of the guy yelling closer up and then i was like oh shit he's gonna he's in our street 
he's gonna, you know, start firing into our house through the windows. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. like, totally irrational. And then I started freaking you guys out because at first you were like, Grant, you're being crazy. But then I was like, did we lock the back door? Or you asked me, did I lock the back door? And I was like, no, I didn't lock it. And so then we all grabbed knives and we all, you know, psyched ourselves out. And then we, you know, went in and, and we all just kind of checked the backyard and locked the, the back sliding gate or the sliding door. Yeah. The, I With mean, knives in our hands. <laughs> and I mean, it was, it, it was a little dramatic, but. I mean, I, I, even I started to get a little scared because I'm like, you know, living, living with young white people, you, you got to be careful because, you know, yeah, um, anything that goes barely bumping at night, they'd be like, oh, we're about to get raided by like a, uh, <laughs> a gang or something. I'm like, calm down. And what gang in Los Feliz is about to pop off on this? No, see, I, um, I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of gangs. I'm afraid of like, you know, militia, white militias who heard our, you know, police in the now KKK that episode. I, I'm worried about. But so that was just the first incident or first like crazy moment of this week. The second, I don't know, was there another one that happened before this? No, um, no. Okay, so the second was, uh, well, Sunday night. It was Sunday night. Okay, so there was two, I was in two. We were in two different places. It was me and Kay. Grant was like in Orange County playing Susie Homemaker with with the Orange County people <laughs> <laughs> with the with the in laws with my fiance. Excuse me. Yeah, it's fiance. They was over there watching uh, reality TV shows. You know, say yes to the dress and that shit. Okay, I know you said fiance, but it kind of sounded like you said Beyonce. I mean, she with, pretty much is your Beyonce. With my Beyonce? That'll Thank make you, you Jay-Z. That makes That's me why Jay-Z. you're wearing that 1997 Jay-Z Rockefeller jacket. <laughs> um, but <Yes>. anyway, <laughs> I'm going to keep coming for that loud-ass jacket. Exactly. Please uh, do. Patagonia. But I'm sitting at my computer and, like, in my room, you know, and I got my cue set up and shit like that because it's fucking fire. Wait, but then sorry. all Patagonia of a sudden... Patagonia is fubu for white people. Pretty, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's for us bias. It really is. Okay, uh, sorry. Continue. But as I'm on a computer, I suddenly hear like four or five gunshots again. I'm like, again? But it's like it's like five o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. So it's like still daylight outside. So I'm like, now that now people are popping off guns in the in broad daylight? Like, you know that's some white people shit. So yeah. uh uh I'm just like, this is crazy. So then at first I'm like, well, maybe I'm just being paranoid again. But then after like five minutes, I started hearing cop sirens. I started hearing helicopters like circling. I'm like, oh, it's going down. I was like, this might be it. Like I need I need to grab you know the wooden sword or something like that because it might might be the, it might be war but i was like well cool like as long as everyone's in a safe place like i know grant's in orange county and i was like kate is in his room but i was like oh shit he always goes for like a run or a walk or you know he he'd be doing that patagonia shit too he'd be going on his little nature <laughs> walks and stuff at but he goes at five o'clock around this but time he's actually from the pacific northwest yeah, so he goes the, out in like he, a t-shirt and jeans yeah, and like shorts yes but he he basically was born from a patagonia store but anyway uh so he's not in his room and i was like oh shit of course he's like out there when his gunshot's going off and so uh, he finally comes back home, but then he he saw it from a different perspective. But apparently, there was like cops everywhere. I could see like six or seven like cop SUVs pulling up. I'm seeing like the helicopter. I'm seeing people standing on the street with their cell phones. And apparently, there was uh there was gunshots. It wasn't I wasn't crazy. Everybody heard it. So I was like, yeah, wow. even people on Nextdoor. Somebody had like footage of it and they posted online. Like the person 
Like right after they had shot, you know, they were shooting, they like ran into a house. Yes. Like yeah. we saw that crazy security video. Yeah. The guy like is getting shot at and then he like runs into the house with these two women that were just walking by. Yeah, and he was saying apparently according to the neighbor, he said he was getting shot at too, and then he yeah. just like jumped the back. I'm fence like, that's all out. I know about it. I'm not. I'm not on nothing else. So don't come talking to me about nothing. <laughs> we're actually inviting them over now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like I don't, come for I don't know nothing about this. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I heard. <laughs> it's all hearsay. But yeah. it's word uh, on the street. Yeah, word on the street. None of this is none of this will hold up in court. So don't ask me nothing. Um, that's crazy that there's just, it was just two instances like back to back, like what, two days apart of gun violence or gunshots or whatever the hell is going on. Yeah. We're living through a horror movie. Yeah. A purge or something. I don't know. No, they better not. The shit. I know everybody mad because they can't go trick or treating this year, but like, who gives a fuck about trick or treating? You think that's why they're firing shots at random people? Oh my gosh. Probably. This is nuts. Like... I, my biggest fear was that all your little crazy, like, paranoias of, like, Russian intelligence and shit coming to get us and stuff was going to come true. And, like, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that, like, actually happening. Yeah. And, I mean, I said it in episode two, you know, I thought that car was outside our house. I thought oh that was Oh, my God. Stop it. Ain't nobody coming for us. Like, just, just stop. <laughs> well, all this paranoia and the Halloween spirit got us excited to watch a new movie this week. Yes. Yeah. A new movie we were we knew about for a while, and we were excited because we watched his other shit. Because he is a Chapman alum like us, and we talked about him before. Uh, but it's Justin Simeon's new movie, uh, Bad Hair. Yeah, on Hulu, right? Hulu, am I right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay, so yeah, it's on Hulu, and we watched it. It was sick, but it was scary as hell. Yeah, it was creepy. Like he did a great <laughs> job. So we so we saw the original Dear White People when they screened it at Chapman. Yeah, then they turned I saw it, into it twice because that's the kind of person I am. Oh, we know. Yeah, you're right. We saw it in theaters. Yeah, I, I think I we saw I saw the screening for free, and I think I p- paid for it as well. Yeah, no, I was there, I was there too. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I got to see this twice. Um, yeah. but yeah, it it basically it's basically like he took that that same quirky fun humor that he has where it's not like like straight up laugh like slapstick humor but it's like it's a like dark comedy it's like like, yeah i want to say it's like stylish sardonic like kind of in your face like really dry cutting kind of humor yeah so he took he took that from like his other his other projects he's worked on and he put that into this like actual horror movie and it it had it was fun because it had it takes place in the eighties so like it has that feel of it's it looks like it's made in that time so yeah and so the the the, the visuals the clothes the the attitudes the conversations he the, shot it on film he shot it on film of course because like he's from Chapman so like he has to be <laughs> so artistic but. <laughs> They even made fake music videos for it, though, because the whole thing is the main character. She works for uh, a music TV station. Yeah, she works for this TV. She works for this big TV station. Uh, she works in the same building as a big TV station, and she works for Culture, which is basically like the BET. And right. the inside that same building is is RMV. Yeah, is what it's called, which is like MTV. Yeah. So if you if you were alive during that time. 
like as I was as a child, you knew like there was always like MTV, which like tried to have your MTV raps and all of that stuff like that, which was just biting off BET. And it was trying to have like little segments of black culture when BET was like all black culture. Mm. So they were kind of at odds and battling against each other. Fast forward to today, I think Viacom owns both of them because damn, slavery never ended. But um, <laughs> the back then it, it was separate. So it this is it, it talks about that kind of storyline, but then also at the root of it, it deals the root of it. Oh, I didn't even see I didn't even do that intentionally. Well but, finish your sentence. Yeah, at the it. root of it is it's about the about like black culture, black identity and like hair. Uh, and the bad hair, and it has that element of. I'm trying to think of like what a movie to compare it to. Like he compares it to Rosemary's Baby. He very much has that feel because you're like, who is the bad guy? I think I know who the bad guy is because it's obvious. But then you're like, no, I guess he's not it. And then like later on, you're like, oh, it was him. Uh, so <laughs> like that that has that Rosemary's Baby feel to it. But I'm trying to think. It's like the movies were like. Someone gets a you know like a special idol or something or a special a special item or something that's supposed to help them out, but it actually curses their life and makes everything harder and it starts killing everybody. Yeah, it's that kind very of Hitchcockian in that way. Yeah, um, I, there's a film I don't really remember anything about it, but Idle Hands. Do you remember this movie? Yes, I I thought about that Idle Hands okay. where but he like cut his hand off and like the hand went around and started killing everybody once he cut it off. Oh, uh, but he okay. was killing people when it was connected to him at first. I used to watch like, do you remember on Sci-Fi Channel? Sci-Fi Channel would have like weird like B like lists like movie like horror movies on it like every now and then like especially around Halloween time. And there was one where this woman got this like, um, it was one of those um, wind up toys, but it was like a monkey, and the monkey has like symbols, and it would play like you know. Was, like, oh, I know what you're thing. talking about. Yeah, and she got like that, but it was like cursed. And so she couldn't get rid of this monkey. Every time she throws it away, it like comes back to her like house. I forgot what the name of that was, but I always am terrified of that monkey with the symbols yeah. because of that movie. I don't like I don't like stuff like that. Like it's creepy. But this is movie's kinda like that where she gets like something that she thinks is a gift at first and then it ends up turning on her and Yeah, so without giving everything away, like it's just things things get out of control. Like things start things start to grow out of control. <laughs> That's a pun I intended. Got it. But it's it has like a fucking the cast is bomb because it has Ella Rain who is not as well known as the main character uh, Anna or Anna 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 but so she's cool because you get to you get to kind of like develop and grow with her uh, and then Jay Farrow is this guy named Julius he's like one of the guys like on the on the the channel and he's Jay, like a host on the yeah the he, everybody channel. knows Jay Farrow's fucking funny uh, and then my my the the. My godsend, my you know, my idol, Lena Waithe is uh this character in Brooklyn who is fucking funny. She had every moment she every moment she pops back into the movie, it's like another laugh. And then you're like, Okay, I guess we're done with her now. And then she pops back in the movie again and yeah. another laugh. And you're like, Okay, we're done. And she pops back in one more time. So it's uh yeah, she her part is very is does justice for the film. Then you have Vanessa Williams, who is uh, you know, an icon yep. and has been doing this since since this movie takes place. Yeah. Uh, and her history, Vanessa Williams' history, is very much related to some of the themes in this movie, which I, I found very cool because everybody knows, like, she was like Miss America or something like that, and she had taken yeah. some very risque pictures, and so they stripped her title from her, but it was obviously rooted in racism because it wasn't even that bad of pictures that she took, and it was still tasteful, and I think they reinstated her uh, title at one point and apologized to her. So she's been through some shit, 
you know, yeah. um, and she can sing, she can act, she's a, she's like a triple threat, whatever. But then you got Laverne Cox, and she is she plays a hairdresser in it, which we already know Laverne Cox can play hairdressers very well because she was um uh she was a hairdresser in Orange Is the New Black. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I can't okay. think of I can't think of what her character's name was then. I but, don't think I would yeah. know that. But every time like Vern Cox is in something, I'm like, she's always just serving us the greatest looks. And this one, she was like kind of creepy, but still like sexy. So I was like, okay. She had interesting vibes. Yeah. I was yeah. like, it's like this is creepy and sexy at the same time. But everyone is like creepy and sexy in this movie. Yes, that's that's true. Like everyone, the whole like, movie is I'm creepy like, and you're kind of weird, but like I'm kind of into it. Yeah. And then there's just cameos from a bunch of greats, like Robin Thede is fucking hilarious, always. And then Kelly Rowland, it basically plays Kelly Rowland from the 80s. And then... Uh, I thought she was doing a Janet Jackson thing. I mean, she was. She was like a Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston s type That's thing true. going on. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just being tongue-in-cheek here. Um, <laughs> so Kelly Rowland, but in the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s. Got it. Then there's Ursher, who plays like her... He's like the... the Bobby Brown, <laughs> and he is, it's pretty funny, but he's holding there for like a hot second. Yeah. He must have cost too much or something. And then. He pops in and out. Yeah, he pops in and out. But then James Vanderbeek's white ass is in this, and he always want to play, he always playing some kind of twisted ass kind of like white dude. Like he's not yeah. twisted, he's just playing a white guy, but it just comes off very like, uh, like have you seen Pose? Yeah, like I was just it's, thinking about that. Yeah, it's like he's that guy from Pose, and I'm like, okay, well, here we go. Just like douchey business guy. Yes, he plays it very well. Yeah. Um, just his Dawson got older. Dawson's Creek, now it's Dawson's River or some shit. Um, but <laughs> Dawson's Ocean. Dawson's Ocean. That the movie is is definitely creepy though, because it deals. It like has some themes that I think we always joke about, like you know, like never touch a black woman's hair, um, uh, don't get your hair wet, and. Like the difference between weaves and sew-ins and and wigs and you know having your hair natural and how people get treated like that or having your hair in braids and stuff and the and the racism and and stuff like that is that is put upon us because of that like you know basically having our hair straight and stuff is more acceptable and if you think that's not an issue I I implore you to look at the earlier seasons of TV shows like Real Housewives of Atlanta. And then look at the later seasons of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And you'll notice that everyone goes through a transition of their hair getting straighter and straighter and straighter with more wigs and more blonde. Um, and you're like, wait, that's so weird. Why are they doing that? And that then, is interesting. I would think it'd be the opposite where they get more comfortable, you know, with who they are and then they would be more mm-hmm. natural. I mean, I don't know. It's just because maybe it's, you know, it just has a more expensive, elegant feel to it or look because they're like... Those that's that getting that hair done like that is expensive. I don't know all the details, but I know it'd be four hundred something dollars and shit just to get your hair, you know, weaves and stuff. Yeah, in the movie she paid something like that. Yeah, in the eighties. So I never for as my whole childhood, I didn't know that you could really go to a hairstylist to do that because my mom is old school. My mom did it her own hair always. My mom has never went. I don't think she's ever really went to a hairstylist. She does it. She can do all of it. She can do the braids. She can do the weave. She can do all that stuff herself. That's so cool. Isn't that crazy? I'm like, yeah, how do you even awesome. know how to do it? She would be braiding her hair for days. I was like, like, that's the time I would watch like movies with her, like Lifetime movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She'd be braiding her hair for like a week. Yeah, I feel like when I met your mom, she well, she had full braids. 
Yeah. Yeah. She'll have she'll all of a sudden randomly have braids. And then like when it's time to take them out, it's a whole family event. Like everybody circle around and take out some braids. Um, <laughs> That's fun. I mean, she even braided my hair. Because I've had an afro, I've had a mohawk, I've had cornrows, I've had straight hair, long hair, curly hair. I've had it all. Uh but hair and identity is like uniquely entwined in this film. I mean, as it is in real life, but but the the film is really a metaphor for that. And yeah, hair and you you see identity. the change in her as her hair changes. You see the change in a lot of the characters as their hair changes. Yeah, I definitely think the process of watching like a weave being put in was very interesting. I know like it's done very intensely in this film, but it's something that I mean, yeah, I don't... the close-ups is like this is too much. I can't. Oh, yeah, deal with and this. it was supposed to be grueling, you know, and, and gruesome in a way. Um, but it'd be like that though It'd be hurting Like I mean I'd never had a weaver to think But when my mom used to like braid my hair Like cut my hair, comb my hair Do anything, even when she washed my face Sometimes when I was a little itty bitty kid, toddler I was like damn, mom, why are you manhandling me like this? <laughs> <laughs> be, like they'd be hurting you Because you gotta, it takes a lot to get that grease in the hair Well they use the term tender headed In the movie Oh yes, that's you're, there's not a black kid in this world. Well, that's not true. There's not there's not a, a traditionally southern raised child in this world that hasn't dealt with like a parent trying to do your hair and then you like eh, and they'd be like, oh, he tender headed. And I'm yeah. like, I no, feel like it hurts. I would be like yeah, if I, I were in that situation. Like, I I just think that's not a real term. Well, yeah. It's like you are yanking my hair. Everybody is tender headed. The hell. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. Was that your first time hearing that? That was my first time hearing that, but I feel like I understood. I intrinsically understood. <laughs> like I'm like I relate to this. Yeah, the, I would oh, definitely. In be the beginning, thing. when she's putting the like relaxer in her hair. Oh, that was intense too. Yeah, and now I because I, I always thought about like you guys never questioned it, but there's been times I put relaxer in my hair while I live with you, and I'm like they never say anything, but I just had like white shit in my hair, and it smells like yeah eggs kind of. <laughs> you kind of that. Well, that's interesting because that was the first time I ever saw that. Like, I didn't really know much about black hair growing up. Like, I think, like, if you're a white person who doesn't know much about black hair, this would be a very fascinating movie just from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't, like, what, is, what does that do? Does it just loose, like... That makes our hair it relaxes sh- straight. It? Okay. How, how does it work? I don't know. Like, puts chemicals in it and burns it till, till it turns flat, like, like your hair. <laughs> so it's, like, not good for you. Okay. <laughs> but like, well, yeah, I mean, he saw movie, a burner. Yeah, like yeah. it's not good for you at all. But I mean, we do crazy shit because like racism and shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if y'all would let us just have our fucking nappy afros and be proud of our natural hair, we'd be cool. But y'all be treating us like shit, so we got to figure out something. I feel like haven't we turned a quarter on natural hair? I think natural hair is kind the, of, kind of. Yeah, I think recently there's still been students and stuff that've been told to like take that's out that's 100 true. Like that. Especially in. Um, and uh, southern states, like the like, there was that one state where the kid was wrestling, and they said he couldn't wrestle because of his hair. That which, which is full on racist. It's like what? Tell him like, can he just put like a head wrap on? Yeah, what? like I don't get it. It's also, so crazy. like it was short. Like I, if I remember correctly, it was either dreads or, or braids, and they were short enough that it wasn't actually affecting anything. Yeah, it was just they, he just probably whooping everybody ass, and they wanted to find a way to get him out of it. Yep. They tried to grandfather claws his ass out of the wrestling league. Um, <laughs> exactly. That, yeah, there's there's so many little things that 
that I know I have done as a as a young black man growing up with my hair and and the cocoa butter treatment and all this different stuff <laughs> like mm-hmm. that we do that I just do naturally and I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, I thought everybody does this, but it is very unique to a certain to a certain type of black family. So it's very it was very interesting to see that. And then the the part that really that was really cool was when she was with her uncle and her aunt and uncle and and at their house and then with her cousin and stuff like that. And they were kind of like talking about these old like slave stories and these old like you know, black fairy tales and folklore. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't hear much about those things. Like, you know, we know all about, you know, Cinderella and Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and all that stuff a hundred times over because that's all everybody was talking about. You know, we love the the Norwegian, Scandinavian uh, fairy tales and folklore and stuff like that. And we're, you know, we're lightly dabbling in the Chinese with, with the one character, um, Mulan, <laughs> but then there, but there's so many other ones. Yeah. So I mean, as we start to branch out, everyone's gonna realize like, wow, Disney is really racist because there's a million fairy tales they can talk about. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the world, but in this movie in particular, they touch on like the moss-haired girl, which is very related to the main story of the movie. Yeah. But that was cool. That reminded me of like, I was like, damn, like that reminds me of all the different archetypes that like black characters have had throughout like cartoons uh through television through media and stuff like that and then i was like oh we should I, I remember we had a book that had all those things like listed and it's mm-hmm. ironic because that book is written by justin simeon Shout out. uh yeah so <laughs> it's it was a, it's dear white people a guide to interracial harmony in a post-racial america it was like a companion piece to the movie Dear White People, obviously. Yeah. But in this book, it's like obviously sassy and satirical as fuck. But it uh, it has this one part, which is called The Guide to Minstrel C and Re- Reality TV. And it kind of compares old, like, black stereotypes to modern stereotypes um, in reality TV. I'm not going to really touch on the reality TV one. We can talk about that another day. Uh, but I'm going to talk about the original ones and... Because some of that kind of stuff plays into this movie um, based on some characters, but they don't really talk about it that much. But it's more like, um, like, like you said, like archetypal. So, like, certain characters fit those, these archetypes? They is what fit you're them, but, like, not so much, like, not, not so blatantly. It's just very subtext. Yeah. But the, so the first one, because you guys have probably heard of these, and you're probably going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that's what that was. Uh, but, yeah, so the first one is Sambo, and, like, if you ever heard of Sambo the Monkey or something like that, it's basically if you saw that like character that's like the blackface character with the big like clown looking lips and or or if that if you were the girl, if you were ever a girl that wore the the little monkey, I don't know what the name of it was, but it was like a little monkey doll that's like a toy and it's like a clothing line. I don't know, it's like oh. a sock monkey. Sock monkeys? Do you have you ever seen that? Yeah, I had a sock monkey. It's yeah, dead. that motherfucker. That do you, if you look at the face of it, it looks it's like it's like a black face. It's like looks like the same as a black face fucking monkey character. Oh no! Yeah, uh huh. Y'all racist asses. Uh, no, racist I ass love kids. Sock but yeah, so that's Sambo the monkey. Yeah, y'all didn't know that. So that's why when I saw that when I was a little kid, I was like, oh hell no. Um, I was like eight years old. I was like, nah, I'm good. But anyway, Sambo is representative of like that, a simple, hapless, childlike, lazy slave. Sometimes he's fat and jolly. Sometimes he's portrayed as an actual child, but he's dependent on white people to save him. Uh, so that's like the character's like, I, I 
that's a little silly, master. Why don't you tip like that crazy shit? Mm, that's yeah. extreme. Not okay. Yeah, extremely um, racist. Yeah, so that that's not in this movie. Thank God. When people wear blackface, that's kind of what they're calling back to, right? Yes, they don't realize that. To like the dumb like Song of the South type slaves. Yeah. Um. Then there's Mammy, which we should everybody should know which one this is because if you've seen Gone with the Wind. That's who Mammy is. Uh, but it's like an obese, matriarchal figure who takes care of white people's children with tenderness uh, uh, while raising hell in her own home from her dom- from, and dominating her husband. Uh, it's also the basis of a design for, like, uh, Aunt Jemima, like the pancakes. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, another oh, I'll take care of your kids. Uh, what is this? I said another childhood love of mine. Oh, my God. Yeah. See? This, yep. The sock monkey and the, your syrup is racist. Wow. And uh, the another reason why like we didn't like movie like The Help is because that's what basically she ended up becoming. Mm, yeah. Where she was like talking to the the little girl. The little girl's like, you is smart. You is kind. You is. Yeah. That shit was not cute to us. Mm-hmm. Um, then another one is Mandingo. Which you should, it should be pretty obvious. It's a brutish, like savage black male uh, whose intellect, ambitions, interests, dreams, and fears are all served to feed his uh, ravenous sexual appetite. So it's like the, it's like King Kong. It's like the the strong black man is gonna come take your white woman. Mm. And so that that's why I get so I feel a little uncomfortable sometimes by sports football, basketball, stuff like that, because they portrayed us, they, they portray those black players sometimes as these kind of guys. He's just basically like the modern Mandingo. Mm. Not cute, not cool, not true all the time. Uh, <laughs> but then these, okay, these next ones I'm going to talk about are the ones that kind of are, they do allude to a little bit in, black, in bad hair. Yeah, because none of the guy, none of the characters in the movie were really these. Sorry. None of those other ones. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not those movies. But you can find Sambo's, uh, Mammy's, and Mandingo's in other movies. Um, yeah. So then the Sapphire is, this one is usually like a matriarch like the Mammy, but the Sapphire's dominant characteristics is her head, she's headstrong, bossy, verbally abusive. Uh, and she uh, even or ever cantankerous and independent. She was never anywhere to make friends. This is Vanessa Williams's character. Mm, so where yeah. she works directly for the white man and kind of does his bidding. But she's kind of like a bitch, more or less. But she's very pretty and she uses her looks uh, as a way to um, get what she wants. So right. it's and and the idea of the straightening of the hair and the and changing your appearance a certain way to appease to appease white America and appease the white man that so you can fit into society and emulate more the the features of a white woman while still being this strong independent scary black woman that is that is the idea of like a sapphire so gotcha. it's not it's not a it's not a good thing at all to be called these these nicknames or these these bad archetype stereotypes but that is that is a character that more or less uh, Vanessa Williams was portraying so if, for black people when we watch it we're like oh I know where they're getting that with her but mm. um then another character is the Jezebel which if anyone has any slight biblical knowledge they should know what that is but uh, the Jezebel is created in a kind of cultural wet dream to absolve white men of their guilt over finding black women attractive. The Jezebel was a grand seductress. She had an insatiable sexual appetite and thrived on being bad. 
So, not no shade to any of my favorite musician or musical artists, but the way how some of the the black rappers or black female R and B artists are, that is the kind of modern ideation of what a Jezebel was, where she's like, I'm sexual, my pussy, this, this, and this, you know, very like it's it's body positive and it's cool now, but it uh the the negative stereotype of that is like a black woman who uses her sex drive and uses her body to to kind of to kind of get what she wants or whether forcefully or intentionally uh by the white man interesting two two thoughts on that first one is i feel like that's interesting especially with the movie being set in the 80s i feel like a lot of that type of stuff was like put into place like in that era like from like a lot of like the James Vanderbeek white businessmen who like wanted to promote women with like like you know the whole concept of sex sells and all of that yes. um, so I could see a lot is, of that and this, but these these terms this is all from like this came from like slave times oh sure but I'm saying like as far as the modern iteration of yes. what you're talking yes. about yes they made they turned it into pop culture at yeah. one point it was a bunch of different people on the plantation you had you had the mandingos working in the fields or doing whatever, rattling, ca- uh, wrangling cattle. I don't know whatever you had us doing. And then you had the Jezebels who were like the, uh, I would say it's probably, it's the characters who, it wasn't always, it was it was forced upon them. So like Lupita Nyong'o's character from 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, where it's like, it's it's rape. She, yeah, it's rape. She didn't really yeah. want to do it, but like this is, she got to yeah, she had to do what she had to do. She, yes. Yeah. And then you have the sapphires who are the women, like the member of the women that are really fancy and look and the black women who are dressed nice and stuff sitting on the porch. Oh, I think about that from Django. Django, yeah. That one yes, that yeah. whatever that lady, when they say, bye, miss, whatever, those that lady is a Jezebel bye, or a sapphire. Woman. Yeah. And then you had the mammies who were like from Gone with the Wind, and then you had the Sambos who were the dumb dudes. Uh but yeah, all of those things have been translated, like especially in the eighties and the seventies with black exploitation films and stuff like that. Things like that started getting pushed up even more to the point where we couldn't even see it. Like when we when we're looking at characters like, oh, this is the the goofy uh, pimp or something, and he's like, hey, yo, yo, I'm a I'm a pimp and I'm gonna take your white bitch and I'm gonna make her mine. That is the Mandingo. When you have uh, the black prostitutes or the black uh, seductress lady in like you know the Pam Greers and stuff in black exploitation films, that is the Jezebel. When you have uh, characters like. Dino my and like you know the Jimmy and he's like stupid and he's like ah I'm goofy and all this stuff like that. That is the Sambo. So right. it is it was translated when they were using us to to still uh portray those same stereotypes. And it gets very controversial because like yes, those people had jobs, yes, those people were put into to the limelight. So cool, they got their paycheck, but at what cost? Mm. So that's yeah. That's why, you know, it's a very sticky situation. Yeah. Well, and in the case of bad hair, I mean, who do you think fits the... the I mean, kind of the main character becomes a type of Jezebel in a way. Yeah. No, she, she kind of is because she, she does sleep. She kind of sleeps her way around. And there's a moment even where somebody who's in a position of power against her, that like her uh, landlord, you see yeah. what happens with him. Yeah. So that's why there's, there's, there's two sides to the Jezebel lifestyle. Yeah, that's where true. It shows where, both it's, of them. where it's what you want and it's what somebody else wants. And so it becomes forceful or it becomes uh, intentional. Right. Um, and, yeah, so it's very, like, damn, Justin Simeon, 
Look at you over here telling some crazy, uh, some crazy sub stories and side stories with your one horror story about hair. Yeah. Um. Then, so then there's uh two more, and then I'm done with this book. But the <laughs> throw it in the trash. Yeah, I'm throwing trash. Uh, but then the next one is Zip Coon. This one, like, I never really referred to it as a zip coon, but I know what a coon is. Uh, but, okay, so the zip coon is some always, also sometimes called Jim Crow. The zip coon was a shuffling, wisecracking buffoon whose attempts to adopt sophistication and style of white culture always resulted in failure. This was the most popular of caricatures used in minstrels, minstrelsy as a pop. As partly because while he had the talent to it took to be more than a slave, he was proof of the ultimate inferiority of the Negro. So this character, ugh, like I'm trying to think, because it's it's easy to get this one mixed up with the Sambo, but it's not it's not the Sambo. This guy is the main character. This guy is Richard Pryor. Like Richard Pryor would be the the zip coon in some of his movies, not all of them. Um, but, Are you talking about like toy? And stuff like that. Toy, stuff like that, yeah. Where he's kind of like, I'm trying to just be regular society, but I'm, I can never really get as good, do as well as the white guy unless, like, I, you know, I get their help or something. He's kind of always, like, they made him always kind of inferior. Even, mm-hmm. I will say, Eddie Murphy has played this role sometimes in some of his movies in the 80s. Like, we don't, he seems cool, but at the same time, he's still not, he's still kind of like a little shifty or shady or sideways compared to his white counterparts. They're kind of, they go, they go by the book. But he kind of is like, oh, no, I'm not going to go by the book. I'm a little off. I'm a little, you know, rough around the edges. Hmm. And, yeah, so that this character, ugh, it's kind of bad, but it's like it is what it is. Um, then the last one everyone knows because we refer to it all the time is the Magical Negro, which is the the patient, wise, mentally or physically disabled black man whose role uh, was to come to the aid of the white hero with advice or actual magic. And the magical Negro, it says, has its roots in sometimes uh, the Sambo character, but uh, with the mythic relationship to nature that echoes the animal like Mandingo. So it's that character is, you know, Bagger Vance and every dishwasher secretary <laughs> made character mm. who like helps out the, the white characters. Yeah, that's a pretty well known. Yes. Like it could like, even be like a roommate that you met in college and then, you know, makes a podcast with you and makes you feel better about your white self. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm okay with referring to myself as a magical Negro shit. I mean, if the ma- magic is like magic. Gandalf magic. Yeah, magic is cool. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not a magical Negro. But yeah, so those archetypes from uh, Justin Simeon's book, Dear White People, A Guide to Interracial interracial harmony and post-racial America is definitely popped up in my head when I was watching his movie Bad Hair because like yeah you can you can find those those archetypes in most black exploitation films more more a lot of classic black films and you can see those undertones and even how popular culture for black people uh kind of rose to the forefront in the in the 70s, 80s and 90s. You can start to see like oh, that was the modern version of that. And and so how do you think you get past these like stereotypes and archetypes? So you have to create but you just have to have more characters in general. To show that they like to break outside of these molds, right? Yeah. And I, and I think I think I think a lot of them are actually 
as far as the storytelling goes, I personally think a lot of them are okay as long as you get rid of the of the the racist and the slavery root of it. Right. Like it's okay to have a character that is very driven by her sexual desires, but not uh, in 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 service to her master, white master. Yeah, There's oh, a, it's okay to have a motherly character who wants to take care of the family and be like the big mama, but not to raise the white kids at, to, at the expense of her own family. There, it's okay to have a character who's kind of like the all-seeing wise Gandalf, but he doesn't need to be only just to help out the white characters. So it's like these all these archetypes are okay, but let's just make them the wizard. Let's just you know the, you know make them the regular ones like the the. The hero, the wizard, the 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 trickster, the you know all the from the yeah hero's journey those yeah. those characters. I mean, they thought of Loki. I don't know when you said trickster. Oh, like yeah, a black Lo- Loki. Yeah, but like Loki is Loki is just he is a, a character from from lore from That's from like true. Norse mythology. But I'm um, but yes, he is a trickster. I'm talking about the hero's journey. You know, like they have all the different archetypes. Yeah, yeah. Technically, that stuff is all based on mythology in the first place. So it's yes. based on yeah. But that's why those are just generalized. So I don't. I, so I'm not just saying like Hercules or something. Yeah, I'm trying to generalize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So it's so it's so interesting just like reading and learning and watching stuff I haven't seen before, or like you know this, these conversations that we have that other people maybe aren't having, or they're having maybe just like on their Instagram, like reading posts that people you know that activists and writers have been sharing. Um, it's been very interesting for the past 20 episodes. We've made, this is our 20th episode, Mike. Like we've I know, done that's 20. crazy. 20, it's been 20 weeks of doing this? 20 weeks we, in oh a row, God. nonstop, that we've been creating. That's so nuts to me. Also, yeah. like, look at me. Like, I'm doing, if I can do a, a podcast on my own, I, I, we write some of this stuff, but most of it's improv- improvised. One, yep. Like not, 93% of it. No, 97% of this is improvised and on the spot. All I have is a, a question to prompt me. Um, but we have that. I'm producing it myself, uh, recording it myself. All the equipment is I bought. And uh, I'm part of it. Yeah, he's part <laughs> of it. But <laughs> he's like my, he's my Barney Rebel. But it, the... It's crazy just to do all of this for 20-something episodes and, and be consistent with it. Like, bitch, what's up? Yeah. This a is pandemic can't stop me. What'd you say? A pandemic can't stop me. Or yeah. racism. What's pandemic up, The pandemic started you, actually. Yeah. It actually helped me get, get this off, off but and yeah, going. I mean, that's crazy. It's been crazy doing this for 20 weeks, and it's so cool to talk about this. Like, just listening to share the archetypes. It's like, I knew most of those. Um, but just, like, reading, you know, J- Justin talk about it and learning how it's like that stuff still is prevalent today. People, I don't think people think about this stuff as much or, or they certainly didn't, you know, until now. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause these, these are just, uh, the archetypes or racial undertones for black people and black women and black men, but they, you can do these, these they also have these for every other, you know, ethnicity. Sure. So when you think about your movies that you watched in the 90s and stuff like that, imagine being someone that's Middle Eastern and the only representation you had for the whole 90s, 80s, and 70s was like 
a terrorist or like a criminal or like a, a, a warlord yeah. or if if you are uh asian there was always like in the 80s 90s or whatever 70s it was uh, bruce lee and like a kung fu dude could popping in in the last minute with some nunchucks like that that's right. what that's the those they there was bad archetypes for all of us which is why there's such a huge conversation about it's time to shift that because Everyone is thankful that they had those roles, but there's those are characters. Like we can't just only like imagine if the only white yeah, yeah caricatures. Imagine yeah. if the only white characters were all like John Wayne cowboys and every or single hillbillies movie. or yeah. you know Becky's and Karens or you know well Becky's truck. and Karens aren't even that bad. I'm saying like the ridiculous ones like like uh you know uh like uh. Clint Eastwood type characters and stuff like that. Mm. If they were, if you're like, you're watching just a regular rom com and then the white guy walks in and he's like, hey there, pilgrim. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's, you'd be like, this doesn't represent me, like yeah, a California. That's representing yeah. <laughs> like all white people. Yeah. But that's how it was for us. It was like, you could be watching a regular rom com and uh, like a black person comes in and just plays this role that has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, it's so stupid. And that's why like representation matters and having people who actually represent the identities that are being on screen as part of the process and writing it, or if you're a white person writing it, you know, actually being generous with your imagination and thinking outside of these dumb stereotypes that people fell into for so long. Like, that's why that's important to do. Like, hire people who have the identities to write authentic stories or do your fucking research. And, like, hopefully have people in your life who are unique and individuals that you can talk to about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, I'm just sitting here thinking, we've done 20 episodes. What have we learned? Not, like, physically, like, like let me list all of the things I now know about black culture after doing this for 20 episodes. Because <laughs> I, like, I would do bad at that. But Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know, know like, what I what have I learned. What have we learned, like, collectively, I wonder? I feel like I, the thing is, I don't feel like I learned very much. Uh, that's not true. I, I feel I definitely learned new ways to deal with, with self-doubt and, like, and second guessing myself. There was definitely like a period, like there's like eras of, of the of the podcast that we've had throughout the 20 episodes where you can tell the I can, or at least I can look back and tell the moments that I was being very like tongue in cheek or this is a time where like uh I was a little frustrated with with society's outlook, then I did not have the moments of when I'm frustrated with the out like my own personal uh uh my like thinking about myself and my in, like introspection. I was there's there moments of that. So yeah. like I kind of went through these different processes of what it is to be me, which I guess is a fucking theme of the podcast. It's the theme so of the podcast. It makes sense, but yeah. yeah, it's just it's also I will say that there have been moments where I feel like our conversations have gotten more critical outside of the podcast. I feel like I. I'm getting, I feel like I might be getting a little more critical, kind of more like how I would talk to like my brother and my mom or dad, because now I'm like, you know better. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about specifically to me? I'm talking to you, yeah. Oh, okay. to, specifically to you. Like, no, definitely. Like our conversations have, have, are hit, hit a new level now because it's like, it's like, well, now it's, now we're we're doing things and we're sharing a little bit more than we have before with the general public. Yeah. So now, now things are getting a little more, you know, we're, we're deep in it. Yeah, and I think we we're also like a little bit more open with each other too. Like to to be honest, like even when we're like feeling like weird about episodes. Like I know we've had episodes where we 
where we recorded it and afterwards we were like, should we have done that? Or or I'll freak out because I think like they said something about Donald Trump and I'm like, oh, he's going to sue us because he's yeah. guy's a litigation I mean, it always cheap. comes back to, to somebody coming to get us. And I'm like, Grant, relax. Anyway. I know. It's just, it's funny because it's like, I don't know, like, I don't know how full on social justice warriors, no shade, do it where they just post all the time or like post videos of themselves talking all the time. Like, it's a lot to put your opinions out there and stuff. I mean, you're doing a lot more of it than I am, even. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, and we even dealt with that, like, where I've just felt like there's moments I'm like, it's just like me spilling my black heart out. And then it's like, you know, when you get to be the cool white guy that just sits on the side. And I'm like, that is just a perception and a projection of what is happening, not actually what is going on. Like, right. they're, they're, you you are sharing things as well, doing that stuff like that. But I just kind of it's just the dynamic of the way the society has set up for us. Makes me feel like I'm, you know, sitting over here and like, I am Samuel Jackson and you are Matthew McConaughey. I am, uh, uh, so see, better than me. I, it's like I'm a star where you are once again Matthew McConaughey and I'm. Mm. <laughs> was he just like the lawyer in every movie? Okay, but anyway. Uh, yeah, he does kind of have a thing with that. Wasn't he's like a lawyer that's always helping black people? Or what's the one we uh, we haven't seen this movie, but Free State of Jones, where he's like the white guy leading the rebellion, the slave rebellion. Is, is that it what Matthew that... McConaughey again? Yeah. See, he's always seen. Yes, I feel like I'm always like the black guy who's like a lesser known actor who's about to become really big, and then you're Matthew McConaughey. So that's why I I, I have that gives me way too much credit though. Like, it really does. <laughs> like I feel like I'm I'm the lesser known actor of the two of us sure but i mean that jacket is puffy and loud enough to be a star on its own apologies to everyone picking up this out we're gonna have to go back and listen to this and see if it's picking up i'm shifting a little bit yeah it's like i just like the jacket is probably so noisy for a show like this it's like crinkly but what have you learned in 20 years 20 years 20 20 episodes goodness yeah, I think for me, it's definitely been a process of opening up. Um, and then also, like, there are some episodes in particular where I feel like we we learned a lot. Like, I really learned a lot when we did the one on emotions. Um, and we talked about, yeah. you, know, you found that link and we were talking about, like, how, ways to deal with your emotions and, and just being more open about that in general. I don't know if I've done a better job of... Um, applying that knowledge right yeah but yeah i i agree with you i feel like i did learn a lot from that just reading them i didn't you think about emotions very simplistically and it's like wow it's deep and everyone goes through this yeah and i and i and i know that it's something that men specifically struggle with but i don't think it's just men obviously but we struggle with it, I think, more because we're less adapted dealing yeah. with our emotions. Society definitely pushes us to try to put put that to the wayside. Like, right. like they try to make us not focus on that more. Even I feel like with the current climate, like I feel like I just, you know, the news cycle will affect my mood and just feeling like hopeless about things. Um, and and but then being told to just like not worry about it. Like what? Not worry about the fate of the world and like our country falling apart? Like Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's, like I, I get like there's a, there's compartmentalization that has to happen, but it's also you know here like we should talk about it. We should talk about how we're feeling about it. Definitely like you saying that, it makes that's what makes me so mad with our government. It's like the way I feel, there should never be a moment that I turn on a TV and then like Donald Trump is just chill. 
He should be like at a constant like, oh, my fucking God, I am stressed out because if I'm freaking out about my little job and my little daily things, how are you relaxed in like the country is like in a pandemic falling apart? Oh, because he doesn't give a shit. But it's not just him. All of the politicians like all have a calm, cool collectedness about him. And I was like, can you stop being a little piece of shit and trying to be like you're calm and cool? Bitch, we live here. We know what's going on. We're not crazy. Like, oh, if I'm on TV and I act calm, everyone else to be calm no we're already crazy <laughs> we're already freaking out so like, like what do you mean like, yeah. like this isn't this isn't 1622 this isn't like this isn't not even further back than that this, this isn't the medieval ages like it's not like we didn't find out anything because a town crier hasn't told us yet we know everything that's going on yeah. i don't care if my king looks like he's calm bitch that ain't real stop lying yeah shit fucked up and you fucked it up. So, like, I need you to talk about Stop it. Stop dancing at your rallies. Yeah. It's not uh, a dancing I didn't time. call the president all kinds of names in this last sentence. Yeah, that is yeah. all good. Somebody coming to get us. They definitely going to come today. I know, uh, right? But anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, I Did, would agree with the emotions episodes was big. That one was good. I also really liked, I mean, I think just the discussions around, like, current events is always good, but... It's also good to like focus like we've done a lot of episodes lately on just specific feelings that we've been having or specific like like you like you did the episode on imposter syndrome. Um, we've done episodes on confidence or, you know, lack of confidence. And, and those type of things are good because even the one where we were talking about, you know, have you ever had doubt in yourself? Um, you know, that was something I had to actually think about. Like I, I like lately. I feel like I've had more doubt in myself than any other time in my life. Which yeah, is weird. It's like, where's that coming from? Why? Yeah, I don't know. So things like that. I don't know. Have you had any like low point? Like what? Like what was your like least favorite episode or part? All or subject? of them. No, I was kidding. Uh, shoot, I didn't really think about this. See, this is the improv part, y'all. Um, <laughs> I would think. I mean, my lowest points were there were some episodes that I just didn't want to do. Yeah. Because I just didn't feel like talking about it. Like, right. like the KKK and the cops, anytime we talked about that stuff, it's like, it's not fun. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm i being full of shit. If I'm on here and I'm like, oh, yeah. So the other day, we got another unarmed shooting. And then, and then I'm talking about it all normal and nonchalant and casual. That's because I'm putting on a fucking front. for You, you for never sound nonchalant or casual, though. I, like, it, it can definitely, I think people can hear it. I can definitely see it. Like, well, it's not that, a fun see, that's subject. Just, you might just be hearing it with your, like, oh, like, you know, your white ears. With like, empathy? Yeah, whatever. That fake white empathy that y'all done picked up. Fake? Like, yeah, y'all bought that shit, like, on, on, uh, on whole sale around like march 30th no not even then that's too early y'all bought it around like june june 15th you guys bought a bunch of uh fake empathy on resale i mean maybe the collective (laughs) white people no i'm kidding i i i appreciate it but it's just it's like anything i say sometimes i this is how i feel that there are white friends of mine and stuff like oh mike that was profound and i'm like all I said was the alphabet out loud, but it's just like it's because it might it might be that it's just. But I'm just sharing what I feel, and I've always been sharing this. Y'all just wasn't listening. Now everyone's yeah. listening with a different set of ears. I think that I think is true, and I think it's different for me, obviously, because I've lived with you for eight years. But also at the same time, you know, sometimes it can feel like repet- repetitive. Not that I'm saying I don't take it seriously, but it's one of those things where even even people who know it. 
will can can sometimes get caught up in their own bullshit and and miss it. Does that make sense? What yeah. I'm saying, like. And so I think that collectively that is something that happened where people were all of a sudden were paying attention, whereas before they didn't feel like they could do anything about it because it just was, you know, it happened and then it would disappear. But but lately it's been like, you know, people have been, this has been a subject and it's only, it's not going away, unfortunately. Like just last night in Philadelphia, you know, now where you have more protests about another shooting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's definitely a thing that, like you said the other night that you almost feel like you have imposter syndrome when people give you compliments. That might not be exactly what you said, but that's kind of how it sounded. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess. I just, yeah, I mean, everyone goes through this kind of shit where you just don't feel like you're deserving of this or, or whatever it may be. Um, but so I definitely, those, those have been my low points, having to deal or talk about race. Like, I actually don't like talking about it. Yeah, believe it or not. Um, how about you? What's a low low point? Um, I'm tempted to say the KKK as well, but um, I think that was a, that was an interesting episode to talk about. But it's also just so sad that that is like hate is such a pre- predominantly like like it's such a prevalent thing just under the surface. Like, I don't know. seems ridiculous to me. seems like, how how is that anyone's, like, how is anyone okay with that? Um, but I think, you know, there's there, there are things that we talk about that challenge me a lot of the time. Like, when you call me out on, you know, did I ever have a moment where someone said something, you know, racist in front of me, and then I called them out in front of a room? And then it's like, kind of not really, you know? And stuff like that makes me feel like I'm I'm actually not about that life, and I'm actually full of shit, and that makes you feel shitty. Whether it's true or not, which it probably is. What did you say? I was like, you see, I'm not correcting you. I'm not like, oh no, you're not full of shit. No, 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 Uh, no. I like, you know, it's real. I'm telling you, like I'm saying, I I always tell you, I'm like, when when the racism comes to your fucking front doorstep, are you gonna be ready to put up or shut up? It's like, because it's it's easy to like, it's not just talking just directly to you. This is talking to any of my white friends or male friends when it comes to feminism and sexism or heterosexual friends when it comes to homophobia. Yeah, that's those are huge blind spots too. Yeah, it's like when when this shit comes to your front doorstep and you have to decide, are you with us or against? us or what are you going to say it's like if you're in nazi germany and you are a german and they come to your fucking front door and say do you have like or a, a bunch of Aryan Jew- german yeah too, Aryan german and you and you're a bunch of jewish people come to your door and say they need to come into your house and they're gonna die are you gonna let them in your house and hide them and risk your life or are you going to tell them that you're gonna close the door and tell them to keep walking like it's that kind of thing it's like well when when your life is on the line to 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 stand for what is right, what are you going to do? And that's that's the thing that I always try to be like, you know, it's easy to be this this white ally from behind closed doors. Or and, when there's not a freaking civil war. Yeah, when there's not a civil war or a real threat. Yeah. But, you know, because I even said this about how I, my feelings about how, you know, a lot of, like how you or some other friends are kind of like, oh, things are like at its worst this year and all this stuff. And I'm like, all the things you keep listening have already been happening. This is just now you're just worried about it because it's like it's 
put on the like it's on the in the forefront now or whatever. I don't know. Or it's it's trending on social media. But I'm like, all of this has always been occurring. Donald Trump already won the presidency. This is his fourth year of being president. Well, so, I definitely had that where in twenty sixteen, you know, there's all this you have all these as a white male specifically, like you have all the or I have all these like assumptions about institutions being, you know, meaning something and, and being able to protect us because institutions have always protected me. But that's not true for black people. That's not true for you. Yeah. That's not true for Latino people or Asian people or women or LGBT people. Which is crazy. I'm just like, somebody fix it. Like, how are people not tired at this point? Like, if I was in a position of power, this evil power where I'm keeping everybody from from like succeeding, after a while, you think you'd be like, okay, I'm over it. I'm tired now. I just want to go home. Like, anyone, who cares? Like, everyone, you can be a Supreme Court justice. Anyone can be president. Woman, man, gay, straight, paraplegic or not. I don't care. Anyone could do it. I'm tired. Like, you would think, you think after a while, a heterosexual, the identity of heterosexual white male would be like I don't want to always be at like the most important person. You you'd want to pass mm. the to the torch because everyone's coming after you. Yeah, the problem is this this is all uniquely tied to money, and so a lot of people who are in power they want to stay in power so that they can get more money. But you're not gonna like that money. It's gonna it take a long time to get rid of a hundred billion dollars. Not everybody has Bezos money though. Mitch McConnell doesn't have Bezos' money. That's why he's still in government, but even Mitch, though he's on death's Mitch door McConnell, with his hand all me, crippled and ugh, his like, face Let me tell you apart. something, Mitch McConnell. I don't care. If you had every penny in the world, it would not matter because you look like that thing from Pan's Labyrinth. Like you are the you were he is an ugly person. Wait, what thing? There's multiple things in Pan's no, Labyrinth. No, you know what I'm talking about in Pan's the, Labyrinth. The one she, with the eyes? Yes, <laughs> with the nasty chins and stuff, and it's like and it's like the soggy titties. Oh, I kind of forgot about the Remember, chins. Like it's like the it's like the monster that's like at the table. Yeah, it's like ah. I always think about the eyes and the hands, but there's that those is chins. it. That's the same thing. No, I know, but I think about the eyes and the hands. I don't think about the chins. Oh yeah, and the, and the stomach. It like it looks just like him, uh, but. And so, like, that's why I'm like, you, how dare you? Like, that makes me so mad. Like, we talked about this before. That makes me so mad when I see people with that much money and power look like that. And I'm like, I know we're not supposed to base everybody off their looks, but you have all this money and power and you look like a goblin from Lord of the Rings? Uh-uh. Why can't you look like Bradley Cooper? What? How How are you not? Who? Get some Kim Kardashian uh, uh, can you help him out? Can you help some of these fools out? Because they don't know what they're doing with their money. They're looking an ugly, hot mess. We need like an old white male Republican, like extreme makeover show to make them feel like okay enough with themselves that they can retire. That's so offensive to everyone. It's like Donald Trump and and Mitch McConnell and all these different dudes looking just frumpy and soggy and no lip, no neck, having looking crazy. <laughs> and it's like I just can't deal with that. You can't be. <laughs> Like, look, like at least Vladimir Putin tries to get in shape. Yeah. He, Come he, on. He works out. Like, at least he works out. Yeah. So he's an asshole, but he, like, he's trying to look good for us. So if you're going to be on the TV all the damn time, at least be something that we can want to look at. Not a sack of potatoes just, just spewing out racist shit. Do you think he listens to the show? Who? Vladimir? Not Vlad? I hope to God not. <laughs> if I mean shit. Uh, if he do, why can you get get the click farms on here to start clicking and downloading this motherfucker so we can get some more likes? <laughs> yeah, we need the Russian troll farm. Man. Uh, uh, so what about What are what are our plans for the future? We've yeah, done twenty what episodes. What do we want to do with this show? Um I guess I would like I would like to have more guests on there. 
Yeah, I really want to have more guests. We were gonna have more guests too. It's just scheduling, or not yeah. even scheduling. I mean, just we're in like, a fucking pandemic, so like, I don't know what the fuck. Well, do yeah, about that. I mean, we can't have. I like to have the people physically. here physically. I don't want to talk to them on the fucking telephone. Um, I mean, we can do that. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, when you say that shit, it's just like, didn't we just talk about how I have to produce it and record it all myself? So you just telling me I gotta add another fucking skill on top. All right, I'll figure out how to do it. Yeah, why don't you figure out how to fucking do it? But yeah, so I would like to have more guests, more people on here to to speak with us. Grant doing more of the work. Yes, Grant doing more of the work. White people carrying their their shared load. Yeah, Uh, fair. Because if you're gonna be Samwise Gamgee, I need you to carry the motherfucking elf bread sometimes. Um, I've got hairy feet like Samwise. uh, Oh my god, ew. What, what else? else would I like to do to see the future? Uh, I'd like well, to do more segments. Yeah, there will be. We like we can have more segments, more like you know, because we we have more things that we can do. We are writers, so yeah, we, can, we have more ways of telling stories. Could do like a sketch, or we could do like I want to do like lightning round with news topics, maybe like so that we can cover that quickly. Ooh, yes, like a hardball type, like f- f- crossfire type shit. Yeah, and also, uh, I mean, uh, definitely a writing element to it. Uh, there, there. Once upon a time, was supposed to be a written component to this podcast, but right, I got stressed out and was like, "Fuck that!" So, uh, definitely that as well. So, there's more than one way to kind of get the information that we're talking about or kind of hearing what we're talking about. Um, so yeah, there's just so many different ways. Yeah, definitely. That I would like to take that. Do like some some ad stuff, or you know, like for fake brands, or or we could even do like it'd be cool to do a video and or like real film brands. It. Or yeah, real brands. I mean, yeah, if they want to pay us. Yeah. But I was saying like we could do something like a video option, like where we like film episodes live. Well, I feel like there's a lot of work to do with that. Oh my god, what is that? Is, is someone? Is someone trying to get in here? What yeah, the hell? Sounds is... like he looks like he's. Oh my god, he's, they're they're breaking in. Oh hell! Mike, uh, it's see, the Russians. Oh Russia. lord. It's not actually Russia. Is he? What are you talking about? Yes, it's me. Yes, Russia. I think he think he wants us to go with him. I guess, but. What? Oh, shit! No, he's trying to wait. They're trying to take us away. Oh my god. Mike! Mike, help! Oh shit! Oh. I guess this is it then. Привет! Vladimir Putin. Thank you for listening to Black Man Right World. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast and leave it a five-star review. For more information, go to blackmanrightworld.com or you can leave us an email at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Spokane noche, das Have a good night.